Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 625, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Let's read our passage. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sin go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands, so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's sending this letter from Rome. He's under house arrest in Rome for this two-year period that we see at the end of the book of Acts. He's sending this letter to the Ephesian church to build them up, lift them up, encourage them. He was there for three years on his third missionary journey, but it's been four or five years since he was there. So he's communicating with people he knows and with new people who've come to faith since he was there. Is in this section talking about what being a follower of Christ actually looks like? In the previous section, he talked about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. These two opposites, the old you and the new you. Now he's talking about what that actually looks like in real life. He has these series of contrasts. So verse 25, therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. So I have these opposites, lying and truth. Well, lying, that's the old you. But speaking the truth, that's the new you. He just said to put off the old you, put on the new you. Now he's saying put it to practice. The new you speaks the truth. Now here he says each one to his neighbor, which would imply the community. But then he says because we are members of one another. And that would limit it to within the body of Christ. And I don't think he's drawing boundaries here. It's okay to lie to the people in the community. Just don't lie to one another. No, he's, I think, really covering both here. Be truthful. And remember, this. all this is saying, as a child of God, live a life that represents the Lord to the people around you. So speak the truth. Lying, that's, that's old self. New self speaks truth. Verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Well, is it sinful to be angry? Well, no. God gets angry and God does not sin. And here he says, be angry and do not sin. He didn't say it's a sin to be angry, but we've got to be careful because anger can lead to sin. What is righteous anger? Well, righteous anger is being angry at sin. Not angry because you didn't get your way. Angry because you were offended. Angry because of sin. And what are you actually angry about? You're angry about 
the sin. We very quickly slide into being angry at the person, and it leads real quickly to resentment. And that's where we're getting into sin. Once we leave just the anger over the sinful action, and then start to hold grudges and feel resentful toward people, that's where we're getting into sin. So the warning here, you know, be angry about things that's right to be angry about, but don't let it lead to sin. And one way to do that is don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now, is that a rule? If it is 625 and sunset is at 628 and I finally realize I'm angry about something, do I have three minutes to deal with it? No, of course not. What he's saying is deal with it quickly. Don't let it simmer because unresolved conflict leads very quickly to sin. And he says, don't give the devil an opportunity. Because what is the devil's primary ground for causing trouble? Conflict within the church. And so if you ang find yourself angry, seek resolution of it quickly. How do you do that? Well, you may need to talk to someone and get a perspective. Am I even right to be angry? Quite often we get angry about things. There's no real reason to even be angry. We're angry because we didn't get our way. And that's where sometimes we need a, a more mature Christian to grab us by the scruff of the neck and say, hey, grow up, get real. You don't always get your way. Sometimes we're angry for legitimate reasons, in which case we need to seek reconciliation. Sometimes we need assistance with that. We may need somebody to help us uh, think through how best to go about seeking reconciliation. Sometimes the other person will not be reconciled. In that case, you have to let go of it and desire reconciliation. But even if it's not available, leave it up to God. Because unresolved conflict, that gives the devil an opportunity to sow discord within the body of Christ. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he's to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Well, of course, the thief should no longer steal. That's all through the Bible is do not steal. But here the contrast is that instead of stealing, which is greediness, I want what you have and I'm going to take it. He's actually saying, go get a job, earn some money and buy some things and give it to other people. Instead of, I want what you have, I'm going to take it from you, is now willingly being generous and giving people my own stuff. The exact opposite of stealing. That only comes through transformation. The story is that we are transformed through Christ by the Holy Spirit and put off the old self, put on the new self. The old self was greedy, the new self is generous. Verse 29, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. Notice what there should be instead of foul language. Language which builds up people and gives grace to people. So with foul language, I don't think he's just saying like obscene or vulgar language, but anything which doesn't build up, anything which doesn't give grace. So it could be anything demeaning, degrading, slanderous, contemptuous, kind of speech. So the point there is, it's not just you can't say a foul word, it's say what is helpful. 
Your mother probably told you if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mom was right. Verse 30, and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Well, that seems kind of odd stuck right in here. What, what's grieving the Holy Spirit anyway? Well, notice throughout this section here, there's several other parties other than us who are interested in or affected by our behavior. Verse 25, there's the neighbor I'm supposed to be speaking the truth to. Verse 27, there's the devil who has an opportunity to uh, seize what I do wrong. Verse 28, there's anyone in need that the, the former thief is now giving to someone in need. In verse 29, talk about the listeners, that is, those who hear my speech. Now verse 30, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is someone who's very interested in my behavior. And the challenge here is don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not a new concept. Back in Isaiah, Isaiah 63, verse 10, the people of Israel were not listening to God's prophets. and They were disobeying God. Isaiah 63, 10 says they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So what's grieving the Holy Spirit? Well, some want to tie it to language because verse 29 is about language. Then verse 31 has a lot about language, but it's more than just language. And so they say this, grieving the Holy Spirit would be using this degrading language amongst one another. Well, it would, but I think it's bigger than that. I think it's this whole thing, this idea of putting off the old self and putting on the new self. That's transformation. And the Holy Spirit is incredibly active in this transformation. So for us to be acting like the old self, I think that grieves the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's been trying to transform us, to guide us, help us be transformed. I think particularly the idea of unity in the body. Anything that disrupts unity grieves the Holy Spirit. Verse 27 talked about being angry as a result of your sin. That gives the devil an opportunity because that's the opportunity to disrupt the church, to sow discord in the church. That grieves the Holy Spirit. We've seen several times the idea that unity is a big deal to God. Unity within the body of Christ is huge. It's a big deal. And so anything that disrupts unity grieves the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. Well, this is more like attitude versus just actions. This is how we deal with one another. So don't do that. Instead, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Several places we see this linkage between our willingness to forgive one another with God's forgiveness of us. When we really think of what we have been forgiven of, how much we have been forgiven, what we deserve as a result of our sin, and then we get upset with other people, there, there's no comparison. I, I can't refuse to forgive another person for what they did when I look at what I have been forgiven of. So here he's talking about, you used to be 
the old self. But you're not like that anymore. You are the new self. So act like it. Act like you are the new self. Act like a child of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.